So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 5 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Angela comes out of surgery with way less boob than she was anticipating, Andre regulates all his immigration problems away, Lowe becomes a couples counselor, Julia overre- overreacts to all things Melanie, Yara and Jovi finally get their date night, Ronald tries to get Daniel on his side, and we find out where Mike gets his decorating style. Well, maybe with maybe minus the piggy banks. We'll be back again next week for episode six. Okay, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. It's almost the end of May. Almost the end of the school year, too. That's exciting. Yeah, I know. We both have our graduations coming up. Yours is this week. Mine, mine's yep, next mine's week. Mine's this week. Yours is next week, which is good because yep. at least that means something is progressing, unlike all yes. of the storylines in the show. <sighs> yep. Very true. So speaking of not progressing, uh, let's go with Angela and Michael. So Angela is just waking up from her surgery and everyone's yelling at her to open her eyes. Jojo runs through the list of worst case scenarios as Dr. Obang tells us that Angela put up a fight going to sleep. So it only makes sense that she puts up a fight waking up. Angela is asking for Mike and Dr. Obang tells her he's in Lagos and she says she don't like this. Dr. Obang updates Jojo on how much he took off each boob and tells her that she should just be monitoring for potential blood clots. Angela seems pretty out of it, and she doesn't want Jojo to call Michael because she doesn't want him to see her like that. The nurse gives Jojo very specific directions on Angela's two-week liquid diet that does not include any carbonated drinks. They carefully get Angela into a van as Jojo calls Michael to tell him that the surgery went well. Michael is relieved about the surgery, but he's anxious to see where her boobs will look like post-op. The morning after, Angela is moving very slowly and she's in pain. She drinks a little something, immediately burps, and is in more pain. She doesn't feel like doing anything, not even calling Michael, but she has to go back to the doctor's office for a checkup. She's already upset because her boobs look much smaller than she was expecting. When they see Dr. Obang, he says everything's looking good and Angela demands to know where her boobs went. He says that it's going to look a lot smaller than what she had, and they will certainly look a lot bigger once she begins to lose weight. So she just shouldn't worry. Angela is shocked he took twice as much off each breast than what they had agreed upon. Dr. Obang insists she calls Michael so he can see the progress. She immediately questions why it took Michael so long to answer the call. Dr. Obang says that Angela is still a triple D and he shows him the cleavage. Michael is upset and says it looks much smaller. Michael says he's confused. Dr. Obang says it was necessary because her large breasts were a health hazard. Angela's annoyed that he doesn't care that it was for her health benefit. She said she can already tell she can breathe better. Dr. Obang says that Michael needs to learn to love Angela's mind. Angela asks if Michael divorces her over this if, Mr. O- if Dr. Obang will promise to marry her since technically it's his fault. Dr. Obang says he can't because she's his patient, and Angela says, well, she's also open to being his side chick. Angela says that she can either get implants or a new husband if Michael is truly unhappy about this surgery. All right, so she very much seems to imply that Michael is only with her for physical reasons. Do you think that Michael is only with her for physical reasons? 
does getting to the United States count as a physical reason? I know, right? <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I think she's not completely wrong. I mean, I feel like her mind and her intellect is definitely a distant third behind uh, the – Yeah, behind. right? If anything, she's a pain in the ass and that's like ooh, probably on the con side. Yeah, right? Her personality is not – I can't imagine that's no, like, oh, yeah, it's abrasive I look forward to talking and, to her yeah. and having her screaming at me for taking too long to wake up when she calls me in the middle of the night. That's awesome. That's a great that's that's great. I just kind of wonder if this is what he's looking for. He's looking for a person with really large, saggy breasts mm-hmm. who lives in America Maybe it all makes sense. Maybe he is going for the older woman because that's much that's, more likely to happen in older women than is it is true. with younger women in the U.S. That is true. That is true. Like the, the gravity, yeah. he, he wants gravity to have uh, had it had take its work on it for a while. Yeah, it's more it's more easy for him to pull them like taffy. I still am so confused <laughs> about that. Let's pull on them okay i know it's like two episodes ago but i'm still stuck on yeah i've done mm-hmm. a, I, I don't know i've done a lot of things i pulling on them is not like something that is ever come up but at the same time when you see hers you're like yeah that makes sense like, yeah it, it does yeah well, the tricky part is is this too is like the actual end result size of her boobs are mm-hmm. um you know not a done thing because she's gonna lose so much weight Right. Yeah. And and so that's yeah. but but and it seems like he probably already took so it's kind of like you're going to lose a lot of fat weight. I just kind of took that fat weight off your boobs already, right? Because that was probably right. going to go too. And so I don't know. He keeps saying the triple D thing, which is like if you're going for cup size, it matters how big you are, right? Like not it's not it's not yeah. like and cup size is not just a measure of boob size; it's a measure of like the difference. You know, if you're fatter, right. if you're skinnier, then your boobs don't have to be big to be as big a big of a cup size because your waist is skinnier around. Yeah, that did make me question where he was coming up with this triple D. So right. if she's a triple D now, does that mean she's going to be something else, like even bigger, or, like when she starts to lose or weight? He, or was he trying to say once she loses weight, she'll be a triple D right. because all the weight's going to yeah. kind of recede around them? You know, kind of like a fat guy's, you know, junk. <laughs> you get fat. You get yeah. tinier and tinier. Right. It is kind of funny because I did forget about that. And I was like, yeah, her boobs look really small. But then when Mr. Obang said or Dr. Obang said, oh, you know, it'll look much bigger once she starts losing weight. I was like, oh, yeah, that's so true. Right. Like she thought she was going to walk out of here skinny. Because we've already yeah. said she – I don't know what she thought this surgery was, like some kind of version of liposuction. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess it makes sense that her body looks the way it does and it's just going to be time. She thought this was going to be so easy. Like, yeah. I could see her being like, oh, well, if I knew it was going to take a while, might as well just diet and exercise. <laughs> right? What the hell is this? Like, <laughs> I thought this surgery was instantaneous. And speaking of the diet, I was really – I was really – they had this they, – they said she was on a clear liquid diet, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you drink to get like the nutrients that you need? Like I don't know how that well, works. Well, I think what they meant by um, that was the non-carbonated. So, they were very clear she can't have carbonation. Right. And my guess would be maybe it would eliminate some kinds of green juices because those would be harder well, to digest. I would, I would also imagine it would eliminate things like like I would you 
uh, you probably couldn't have like creamy tomato soup or something like that. Oh, sure. You know, sure. like that, that. But I feel like I was like, what about orange juice? Orange juice is definitely not clear. Oh, OK. No, orange juice, I feel well, would the, be terrible, the acidic, right? Because uh, of the yeah. gastric acids. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would be that terrible. That seems like a bad but idea. I was just thinking, OK, what, what about other thing? What about milk? How about that? Milk. Milk seems like it would be OK. But it's not clear. See, I'm very confused about this liquid. I'm sure they gave her more information than they gave than they gave us. Yeah, I think uh, I'm sure because I mean they gave JoJo a whole packet of what she could have, right? right. And right, so I'm sure there's things on it like uh, I'm sure chicken broth. Yeah, I'm sure chicken broth is on it. Yeah, yeah that was that was the one yeah. I was like, oh, you probably have chicken broth. But like that was yeah. that was that was something I was thinking. And then the other thing is like he did say he was going to take one pound off of each one and it seems kind of crazy but you could wake up from a surgery and the doctor's like yeah i said i was going to cut off one leg but i cut off two like <laughs> just wasn't working for me like i just, I just did yeah. twice as much as i said i was going to do like that does seem kind of so bullshit. crazy so after our conversation about you know how much boobs weigh from last week sure. i actually looked it up uh-huh and they were saying, I think online, I mean, obviously you can't get an exact, but they said, you know, an A cup is about a pound, like less than a pound. I think it's like 0.8 sure. or yes, something like that. Yes, that makes sense to me. So yes. if you put that in context, like two pounds is a freaking lot. That's, <laughs> That's like a lot. two regular people's boobs. <laughs> yeah, just the two pounds. Yeah, the two pounds of, of that is yeah, mm-hmm. two, you know, well, it's like, maybe not regular person. Let's say skinny person's boobs. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Because a, I doubt is the average. No, no. The average, but the average is huge. Is pretty big because you know obesity epidemic, epidemic and whatnot. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but you're right. That two per just seems like so much. I don't know why I thought boobs were so much more. I was like, oh yeah, that's like ten pounds right there. <laughs> I don't know why I thought boobs were ten pounds. That's like- Maybe it justifies my own weight. I'm like, oh yeah, ten of that totally boobs. I <laughs> I don't need to lose that. All of it's boob weight. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I added up my bones right. and my head and my boobs, and there you go. <laughs> Maybe it was I was thinking of the human head. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we all know that from Jerry Maguire. It's it's <laughs> right, right. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Whoops, got it mixed up. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it just just feels like. We, what show are we watching here? This is is it? I know it felt like botched. But, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. I don't. I don't. We saw a lot of her. I'm surprised that she right. was like letting all this be on there because she looked terrible. But like. Not that yeah. she looked terrible for a person. Everybody looks terrible coming oh, out yeah, of surgery yeah. like that. Every 100%. Oh, sure. So, like, yeah, I just am surprised. It's like, yeah, let's put this one on national TV. But <laughs> I don't know. They're to make that money, I guess. All right. So, let's move on to – I'll get my short one here. And that's Brandon and Julia because we just really have one scene with them. Yeah. Right, so, Brandon and Julia are a double date with Brandon Brandon's friend Melanie and her boyfriend TJ. Things start off rough because they go to like this, I guess it's a microbrewery or whatever, and Julia doesn't like beer. So she yells at Brandon for, you know, a promising start to the evening. Anyway, she assumes that she chose – that Brandon chose this place because Melanie must want it. Anyway, Julia God. says she's here for two reasons. Because she doesn't trust Brandon's friends and because the wedding planner told her to meet new people. Not because she <laughs> cares about Brandon's friends at all. Just make it clear. I want to meet new people but not care about them. <laughs> but anyway, when Melanie and TJ, who, my God, make Brandon look like a friggin' middle-aged man, 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I thought Brandon looked young, and then this Melody walks in, and it's like, she has to be 14. What is going on yeah, here? Yeah, I know, right? How is she at this brewery? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> they, they, they make small talk for a little while, um, and they talk about the beer and how, I guess, I guess TJ doesn't like the beer either. But eventually, Julia brings up the farm, which leads to a trip down memory lane between Melanie and Brandon. Julia's salty about, you know, their shared past and suggests that maybe she and TJ should just leave since they are not part of the conversation. Anyway, Melanie, in an interview, says that Julia fits all of Brandon's type. She's she's tall, brunette, and bossy. Then she starts... Um, then she starts talking about how they rushed into things too quickly because they've only known each other for two years instead of the four to five years that she's been dating her boyfriend. Anyway, then she goes into into more some of the you know standard, I just want to make sure you're not just here for the green card speculation. <laughs> Julia tries to keep it together and saying something like, look, if I was here for the green card, it wouldn't even like what you expect me to tell you right now. Yeah, that's, you got me. I was here. But anyway, she does eventually end up eventually getting up and leaving in a huff. Outside, Brandon comes to calm her down, and she's mad at him too because he didn't stop the didn't kind of stand up for her or stop a line of questioning. And then she demands to get taken home. All right, so I don't know who you got like in this this stupid argument. Who was who was worse? Who come off worse, Melanie or Julia? Julia, Julia, be crazy in this. I'm just like. How are you picking up on these, like, very innocuous things and making them into, like, this crazy big deal that's somewhat, like... Yeah. Oh, you watched you watched a movie with her? You watched a movie with her? Why don't you go just go, just go sleep with her again? Like, like what? what yeah. Okay. And then accusing Melanie of, like, wanting to impress them just because it looked like she uh, put on makeup and, ha- you know, did her hair. First of all, you have nothing to compare that to. And second of all, I am, like... Team Melanie on this, you know, I don't care where you're going. This is pandemic times and any excuse Every, to kind of yeah. dress up, I am taking <laughs> yes. it. I'm going to do up my makeup and Every, do my hair like it's outing. Vegas style yeah. just to grab coffee, you know, because it's like any excuse to like, I don't know, to just, right. you know, make yourself feel like before. Yeah, I could see that, especially if you're going to be like, wait, I, I'm not, we're not going to be wearing masks. People are going to see my mm-hmm. face. Oh, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go all yeah, out. Yeah, let me I'm, put on makeup. Let me curl my hair. Yeah, I'm all for it. So, And then Julia makes it this like crazy thing. She must want you. Wh- she when tried. Is Julia, when does Julia ever do anything without putting up makeup or doing her hair? Come on. Like, I know, Also, right? too. Like, it's not like it's, – it's one thing to do that. It's another thing to – when you're also in full hair and makeup, be like, what are you trying to impress me? Like, you're <laughs> wearing makeup, too. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And she's there with her boyfriend, who, by the way, will also remind that uh, Melanie and her boyfriend, they were together for, what, what four or five four years? Four five years. That's way longer than Brandon and Julia. So, I don't know why she's flipping out. Yeah. Like, she could have dumped her boyfriend at any point and, like, professed yeah, love to like, Brandon yeah, if that Brandon, was really. Brandon was single yeah. the whole time she was, he, she was, she was with this dude. Yeah. Right. So, like, I don't know why I mean, I don't Julia know. And, and, is going crazy. But, I mean, I, I understood it at the end because, like, I don't know, going into the standard in it for the green card thing, especially after they're already married, yeah. is like, yeah. why? Why are we doing this again? Now, I think we know why because they need something to talk about, right? You got to give them something. Right. And, but, and, but, yeah, it's definitely like a – and I totally get Julia's response of, I don't know what you want me to say to that. Like, I don't yeah. know what – I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that. Like – 
I know. It's like anytime someone asks that question, what do you expect the answer to be? Yep, you're right. I'm in it for the green card. Caught How me. did you guess? Caught me. This guy's yeah. a dumbass. The jig ass. is up. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this dumbass didn't even see it. Can you believe that? <laughs> wow, you really get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't understand now. what people expect you to say Like when you ask that question. So yeah, I was also confused about Julia's motivations at the beginning. She was like, listen, the, 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 the wedding planner told me I need to meet more people. So I'm going out. Yeah. I don't want to be friends with them and I don't want to know anything about them. <laughs> it's like, okay, then are yeah, you really meeting like, new people then? Is it to make uh, – to practice your English skills? Because my impression of what we saw was she was saying meet new people to either practice her English or to network. Yeah, I, and, I thought it was more of a networking thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's not going to network with these people. Oh, unless – and this is a, like a legitimate thing. She better be freaking nice to Melanie because if Melanie is going to get married – Has she's been dating this guy for four or five years? It's got to be happening soon. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, why don't you be nice to Melanie? Because this is part of the networking. Like, right. you can't just accuse everyone of like being with Brandon. Right. You either got you either got to get in with vendors or people who are getting married. Like, that's the only, yes. the only two ways in to this industry you're trying to get into. But like, right. Yeah, it's definitely not a good look. And especially when the last time the wedding the you know the wedding planner was like, well, the important thing is that you have to calm people down and maintain a good demeanor. And she's like. <laughs> Did you make up faces, boyfriend, video watch? I ah, let leave now. Like Yeah, leaving now. <laughs> when she gets angry, it's uh I think her um English gets a little bit worse. It does. You know, because it's it like she's so frustrated to I, get no, something I, I, out. I, I totally get that. I to, it, it, when you get yeah. frustrated and you're angry, you are not thinking as clearly and that, that part of your brain is just getting all clogged up. I totally get that. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to Mike and Natalie, who actually kind of something happened, at least. Yeah. They Mike and Natalie. Yeah, went to they, point B, yeah, at least. Yeah, something happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike and Natalie are in the truck, uh, and Mike keeps on poking at Natalie, trying to tease her, and she's not having any of it as she's making this face and keeps slapping his hand away. They're on their way to the airport to go to Oklahoma to visit Mike's mom. Natalie says she knows nothing of Oklahoma except the Wizard of Oz, and Mike points out that, close but not quite. We find out that Natalie is kind of cranky because she's just not a morning person, whereas Mike is a crack of dawn kind of person. He tells her to throw out her negative energy out the window, and Natalie acts that out with a big smile on her face. Natalie says she couldn't sleep at all last night because she has been anxious about meeting Mike's mom. Mike reminds uh, her that the last time they saw each other, things went well. Natalie tells us that his mom tried to stop the wedding, and Mike tells her, you know, it's all right, you know, that you didn't get any sleep. You can just sleep on the plane. Natalie pulls some attitude, saying that she can't sleep on plane. She's told him a million times. He tries to change the subject uh, to what she will cook for the Thanksgiving dinner, and she tells him that she will need three to four hours to make galoopsy. And Mike says that they can all help her. And she goes on a mini rant on how only native Ukrainians should ever make that dish. Natalie is frustrated that Mike. I know, really. uh, Natalie is frustrated that Mike seems to be ignoring her concerns about his mom. They meet Trish at the airport and have a very awkward greeting where Natalie says she likes Trish's shirt. But then Trish asks what she actually likes about it. What kind of response is that? I don't know. It was super weird and awkward. (laughs) So Natalie sits on the luggage as Mike wheels it out to the car. She hopes that no matter what happens, that Mike will be on her side. 
Trish is driving Mike and Natalie to her house, and Natalie notes that it looks pretty empty there. Natalie is greeted at the door by Trish's dog, and Natalie loves the dog. It's like the happiest we've seen her maybe ever. So Trish shows off her very extensive piggy bank collection. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, Natalie yeah. looks around. Yeah, and we all can't help but notice that Mike and Trish kind of have the same taste in decor. There's very similar vibes going on there. Yeah. Natalie thinks the house looks like a museum right down to the antique baby crib. She heavily hints that, or Trish heavily hints that she wants grandbabies. And Natalie assumes that Trish doesn't care how she gets them even through her. Trish then brings out a birthday cake for her and Mike, because I guess their birthdays are around the same time. And Natalie notes that it's weird that Mike is a grown-ass man that still calls his mom, Mommy. The cake is a little too sweet for Natalie, so she just kind of takes a bite and leaves it. And then Natalie tells Trish that she isn't happy living on the farm. It's just too remote, and she can't find a job in Squim. She used to do journalism and modeling back in Ukraine. Trish asks just, uh, you know, what is it that you want to do? Maybe translation would be a good idea. And Natalie just curtly says that she has one life to live and that's not what she wants to do. This rubs Trish the wrong way as she doesn't like Natalie's attitude. When alone, Mike asks Natalie what she thinks of the house. Natalie says there's a lot of pigs for one house, but she just wants to get some sleep. Mike is frustrated by Natalie's behavior. He worries that they will butt heads uh, and her with his mom as well. He's confident his mom will be respectful, but wonders if Natalie will do the same. All right. So Natalie was definitely cranky pants this probably entire episode. Uh But (sighs) what was up with her rant about Ukrainian people being the only people to cook? I really want to make this dish just to be like, what is this forbidden Ukrainian dish that I must make now? What happens if I don't if I make it? Does it does it just turn into to, to ash when you eat it? What happens? I don't know. I looked it up. It's basically like stuffed cabbage rolls, oh, which I that, feel, feel like, like that like every cuisine cuisine has that at some yes, point. Yes, right? I was gonna say almost everyone has some version of you know stuffed stuffed grape leaves. Like basically, an egg roll is a variation. A spring roll, you know, these are all variations of the same thing. Just like every cuisine has some sort of dumpling, right? Like, yeah, everybody. I guess we would have chicken lettuce cups that would kind of be this our equivalent. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why she, in like just her attitude in the car. Like, I told you a million times I can't sleep on the plane. It's just like, yeah, wow, cranky much. She was cranky. She was tired. But, you know, that OK, Mike also seemed to be and I've, I feel like we all know morning people that do this, that morning people mm-hmm. who just get a kick out of everybody else being cranky and they're like. Oh, oh, I'm doing yeah. good. I'm so chipper. What's wrong with you? Are you tired? <laughs> You're like, let me let me poke you. you let me asshole. poke you. Yes. And she's just like, oh my god, get away from me. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I just want my fucking coffee. Just give me goddamn coffee. He's like, oh, give me to me. I'll poke you. <laughs> I had this friend who literally would not speak to. You could speak to her. She would not answer you. It was like almost like a vow of silence for the uh-huh. first. 30 minutes. You had to give her 30 minutes after she woke up before she would say a word. Oh, then she should like not come out of the room until then. That's that's the key, <laughs> that's the key to that is you take your time. And like, I do my, – my kids do it all the time. I will go in and like come up to like – it's kind of later and they're like already like laying in their bed like playing with the screens or whatever. Like, oh, you've been awake. And you're like, yeah, I've been awake. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, I think like you kind of need to be somewhat productive if every morning is going to be like that. I think she would come out and like, you know, pour herself some cereal and her roommate just could not talk to her. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would do that. I guess my, my mom, well, my mom liked to do that too. She was a bit more of a morning person, but she would purposely get up like a half hour before everybody just to mm-hmm. be like, I'm going to sit here and drink my tea, drink my coffee and enjoy the silence for half hour and then we'll get, to, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get going. Yeah, I could totally see that. But holy crap, those pigs were creepy as hell. <laughs> there were so many there of them. There were so many and they were like, not like, it wasn't like. She went and was like, oh, I have this special collection of unique and interesting oh, piggy banks. And she was like, I bought every piggy bank I've ever seen in my life. And, and that was even right? like, why piggy banks? And she was like, I don't know. Gotta be something. I got one and then I just went with it. <laughs> got yeah, she had like the two cases full in the living room. And then when they went to the room, there were like shelves. Shelves. Of more everywhere. piggy banks. Shelves. Yeah. And the thing that bothered me, and this kind of fits with Mike's decor, right? Random piggy banks everywhere. Yeah. But like, I don't know if you caught it. The ceiling fan uh-huh. didn't have a globe on the light. It was just like a bulb hanging down. Oh, I was God, like, why? Yeah. Just That just seems like such half-assed. I don't know, like lazy almost, you know? Like, that it's like, and you have all this clutter, but you don't have a globe on your ceiling fan? Like, what is this? Yeah. That is very in line with like Mike's brand, it you know. Is. Like it just is. It, totally. His house too, like his house, kind of reminded me of Trisha's house, like the way it was decorated. Trisha's was a little bit more, okay. like she definitely had more wooden stuff. Yeah, I was about to say. There. I was about to say Trisha's house had to have for you a disturbing amount of brown. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mister O knows that I'm very against the color brown. It to me, it just looks really dated, and my house had an incredible amount of brown when I first moved in. So like Operation Brown Be Gone was like the, it's been a two year project in the making. So yes, anytime I see a house with too much brown, it's always like, Oof. I mean, it does, it does. I mean, her whole aesthetic, her hair, her decor and everything yeah. screams like probably, it's, dated. it's really dated. It's really dated. Including yeah. her nice shirt that she demanded an explanation for. <laughs> I know. So what was that about? Like, that's what, what about my shirt do you and like? And that's what gets me for her. Like, that's she's just an asshole to Nat- Natalie. And she's always going to be yeah. an asshole. Mike will never see that she's an asshole. When somebody says nice shirt and you say, what do you like about it? That's an asshole. Like, you're being an oh, asshole. Yeah. Like, and, and, and Mike was just like, oh, I don't know. She just was curious about what you liked about her shirt. Isn't that nice? Huh? She was just being nice to you. And like, and like Natalie could tell. Yeah. I think part of it, too, is that Trish has the same sense of humor as Mike. And it, that is just lost on Natalie. It isn't because it's deadpan. And and it, especially yeah. for somebody who's – first of all, for a lot of people, the deadpan humor doesn't doesn't work. And mm-hmm. it's I think it's especially hard to do deadpan humor when um, it's somebody who speaks another language, when it's, a, when it's an English but learner. I, I also feel that Mike and probably his mom kind of use that to their advantage. Like – I don't think Mike's humor is always deadpan. It's a very uncle jokey a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, like very dad jokes, like I'm going to poke you and harass you and stuff. The deadpan stuff, I feel he hides behind that. Yes. Because it's partial, like, this is the truth and I want to say it, but also just kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely a little bit of a uh, it's just a prank, bro. Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, could you take a joke? It was just a joke. It was like, no, right, I don't think right. that was a joke. I'm pretty sure you meant that. Um, and you're just trying mm. to pretend it, play it off like it's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. But like, I don't know. We, at least, like you said, at least we for this team, this group, we have a new situation. 
right? We yes, have a new, right. a new setting, something. And you know what was funny is that for the whole first part of this one, I thought they were driving. Like, I didn't get that they were. I thought so, too, I thought they were because driving. they were in the car I, like, for so long. They were in the car for so long. They got there and I was like, are they driving from Seattle to Oklahoma City? And I looked it up and it's a 30-hour drive. And I was like, what the oh my hell? Gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I was like, and but I, then we remember and of course they, that SeaTac is so far away from Squim, so I guess it makes right. sense that they had to it, it wake was, up so it early. Is, it is like, yeah, it is because SeaTac's it's two hours, it's two or three hours of Seattle, and SeaTac's square on the other side. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, but I was like, holy crap, are they driving? And I, <laughs> that, I had the same thought. I was like, oh, this is gonna be rough. Oh, oh just be awful, awful. Like I even looked up the farthest drive. I it's it's so. It's so because out there, out there, you know, driving through like Eastern Oregon and stuff, it's just empty and slow. I was like, the longest yeah. car ride I ever took is like, ended up being when I looked it up. I was like, oh, this is the longest drive I ever took. It was like nineteen or twenty hours, and this is going to be ten more than that. I was like, oh my god, it's crazy. All right, so not talking about things that didn't happen. <laughs> Let's move <laughs> on to oh, people talking about something that did happen, even though well, I guess there was a little bit. And that's Libby and Andre. So we start yeah. with Libby struggling to work and make fo- food for Ellie. Andre is going to be home soon to tell him about his day. So we're a little parallel from last week. She's having trouble getting stuff done when Andre comes home. Uh, he says that his first day was a complete mess since wannabe landlord douchebag Charlie was bossing him around. And he thought it was supposed to be a partnership with him and Chuck. Libby is frustrated when she hears that Becky was there because Becky was like literally at her house and said, I have to go run errands and instead went to confront Andre. And she's also frustrated because uh, Becky called him something, something. I don't know. They kept bleeping it out. I couldn't make out yeah, what they called him. I, I couldn't figure that out That was either. the one. I got most of them, but what, what she called him, I couldn't figure out what it was. There's a lot of bleeps. But anyway, Libby was like, no one talks to my husband that way. She's totally on team Andre in that things would go well if it was just Chuck, but instead he has to work with a bunch of and at this point he started calling them brain eating zombies i don't know where he came up with that but anyway he's worried that if all the kids gang up against him chuck's gonna have no choice but to take their side but he also says that if they keep this up he'll quit so it seems to be oh you get fired or you quit i don't know anyway andre is very resistant to that because you know oh sorry sorry but we get to um, Libby and it's her turn to vent, says that it's basically too hard to do um, to take care of Ellie and work full time at the same time. So she wants to get a nanny. And Andre is very resistant to that because there's they're all psychos and he doesn't trust anyone but family with his with his child. So anyway, then they go to the next stop is a completely different story where they go to immigration office to check on the renewal of his green card. Since the first one only lasts for two years and he needs to re-up it for another 10 which I was confused because apparently a 10-year green card is a permanent green card. So anyway, Libby hopes this process is going to be easier since he's already done this once. The lawyer says the paperwork and the evidence is extensive at, and that immigration at this point, she, she says at this point under the new administration, um, the process kind of went from how can we help you get this green card to more of a gotcha process where, the, where they're basically looking for any reason to deny, your, to, to deny any step of the process. So things are so bad that they might even have to get a paternity test just to prove that he's actually Ellie's father. Another issue is that since he doesn't have a job, they can't prove that he's sharing money um, in, you know, in a marital way. So this means that he's going to be stuck with the with the whole family a bit longer so he can have a job and make money, blah, blah, blah. 
Anyway, the lawyer says any negative factors might come up again. So if she she asks Andre if he has any misdeeds, and he first he said there's nothing. Um, I don't know. They're kind of playing and hitting with this like cop thing that came up last year. But then says, not that there's nothing, but that he's regulated it and it's gone now. And the lawyer says that's not how it works. And it could be trouble if there's anything there. All right. She warns him that if he's denied, not only will his green card be denied, but he could also be deported. So what what does regulated it mean? I'm very confused of what he's saying. Like, is he saying, I've burned those records. You will never find them because I set arson to the place where they were. How did he regulate these problems? I don't know. He sometimes uses some very odd words, choices, you know, that I don't know. You can tell, the, kind of get the idea of what he means, but it's almost like that one person who gets a thesaurus out and is trying to sound smarter. So they get like a, a word that's kind of adjacent to what they really sure. mean. Right, right. Yeah. So I almost want to say it's something like that. Um, I think what they're really trying to do is to tease this whole you know, Andre has a criminal past, but I call shenanigans yeah, on totally. it. The criminal past would have come out before when he got the original visa or, or when you he know, got the, the original green, green card. card. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's like this isn't going to produce anything else unless you somehow went over there in the last three years and did something, you know, and we all know that he didn't. He was in Moldova, but nothing happened criminally that we know of when he was over there. So it's like, it's a whole bunch of BS. There's nothing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. They're just trying to make it. That was definitely a tease. Uh, definitely a tease. But yeah, I mean, I think they're trying they're, to play into that whole storyline of, you know, Chuck and Charlie trying to get to the bottom of like what oh, illegal yeah. activity Andre was doing, which was, I don't know, it was always it was lame the whole time. <laughs> yes, I know. Chuck right. Chuck. I mean, it made, but it, it, especially because they made a whole thing out of it, it was just so much Listen, the police force is crooked. He didn't want to do crooked stuff. So he had to leave the police yeah. force and he couldn't talk about it. Like, that's All not right. weird. Like, that's not that's not unusual or like something you need to get to the bottom of. But yeah, it definitely isn't. So I'll tell you what I feel for Libby. Yeah. Because I feel like she's every working mom's, you know, can relate to her right now. Having to take care of a kid and work from home. Right. I mean, yeah. yes. And. I mean, I, was saying, I wouldn't say yes and no because yeah, they definitely were were doing the stressing it. But I don't get why Andre is so he's weirdly anti nanny because I'm I'm generally anti nanny yes. because I'm like they're expensive as hell. Like, it, like, <laughs> yeah, because no, whatever money Andre is going to be making, they're just going to be paying straight to a nanny. Like he's not going to be making enough money to justify the nanny. Okay, at least right away, you might, it would have to be a short term investment thing. Right? Is they have enough? like little ones in that family for them to get a nanny like and split to run, the like, cost. To run like a family a family daycare <laughs> just, just right but i mean like because well because i think there's three of them that i'm thinking of that are young like probably under five uh-huh. you know the other ones you know when you're over five could probably have some kind of school situation but the ones that are under five i think they could get like a you know a three fur or something, sure. if they get a nanny or something like that. But yes, it was very weird, his reasoning. Like, he was so scared that a pedophile was going to come in. And, like, that is a very specific concern. Yes. And it's like, I don't, uh, it was kind of odd. Right, right. And it's definitely something. It's unusual, I should say. Yeah, I mean, it, it is unusual. And it's it, not something that never happens, but it's. 
Right. Not. But I think people are careful about vetting things because that's a concern. But right. to completely rule it out. Yes. That seems a little extreme. It's also like no one will watch baby like I watch like family is is only can care. Like, I don't know, man. I've, I've had like some families that are you know not great families. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know that I trust. Yeah. You know, would you would you trust Charlie with the babies? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, so it's just I mean, I don't know. It was, it, I thought that I thought that part was really weird because I get where Libby was coming from. That is like that's what she was doing was basically to our and they kind of like made a thing of kind of showing her inadequately doing both parts of that, which is yeah, pretty much yeah. everybody's story anyway. I'm not going to sit here and be like, right. oh no, everybody should be able to just take care of kids with full attention at the same time they're also killing it at work. Like, no, nobody can. Nobody can do that. Yeah, I think that that's like definitely a new. Uh, challenge that I never really thought too much about. Um, but I know my sister and her husband, they're both working from home mm-hmm. um, and they've been working remotely. And my niece is uh, a little over two and she spends most of the day there. And it is weird to kind of see them be at home and also have a babysitter over. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but if she didn't have a babysitter over, she'd be probably you know, unsupervised or running into your meetings. Yeah, you couldn't do it. And so it's it's babysitter over. And when, you know, obviously when my kids were that age, it wasn't COVID time. So, you know, you'd take them to the baby. But I mean, they weren't doing that with Ellie either. He he wouldn't even take her to a daycare. And so like that, because I don't know, that's, I don't know. I feel like there's a difference between, and there's definitely a difference between a nanny and a daycare price wise too. Yeah. But that's that's something I'll tell you when you have kids. Oh my God. When those kids turn five, it is... The one of the best <laughs> financial things that happens to you, like woo! Oh my God, they're in school all day. Yes, <laughs> my friend told me that once her uh, youngest turned five, that they started taking that daycare money and like paying down their mortgage. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Basically, right? it's yeah. literally tuition. It's it, it's yeah. it's the same price as college. It's crazy. Yeah, that's so crazy. All right. Uh, speaking of children, let's talk Tiffany and Ronald. So Ronald is video messaging Daniel, who just finished school. Daniel asks Ronald why he doesn't come to the U.S. And Ronald says that they are waiting to hear about the visa. Daniel also asks if the borders are still closed because of coronavirus. And Ronald says yes, but they should still plan for a visit when they open. So Ronald tells Daniel that he needs to bother mommy every day and ask her if they can come and visit. Ronald tells us that he has a job and is trying to save money, but he says it's impossible to pay for all the plane tickets himself. He's hoping that if Daniel keeps begging Tiffany, that she'll be open to working out a deal where they can share the cost of the tickets so he can see them sooner. Ronald tells Daniel that he will come over as soon as the visa is approved and if it's declined that they will all have to move to South Africa. And Daniel says no because he's used to America and he doesn't want to leave his family, including his grandma. Daniel says if the visa is declined, they can come visit for like two to three months at a time. Ronald tells him no, they will move to South Africa, and Daniel keeps saying no. Ronald tells us that the visa interview is coming up soon, and if it gets denied, he refuses to do long distance, so Tiffany will have to move there. He keeps telling Daniel that South Africa isn't so bad, and Daniel is simply not having it. Daniel threatens to leave the family. How old is Daniel? Like what? Oh. Ten. Nine? Ten? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He threatens to leave the family if they try to move to South Africa. Daniel says he will have to ask mommy about that just as Tiffany walks in the room. 
Uh, Daniel asks what will happen if the visa gets declined, and Tiffany says they will talk about that another day. Ronald tells us that if, if the visa gets declined, that he will fight to get the kids over there. Tiffany is struggling to parallel park her car in a later scene. She tells us that things have been a lot better since Ronald got a job because it's one less thing to argue over. She's very nervous that his visa doesn't get approved because they will need to make some big decisions. She's meeting up with her sister, who says she, who Tiffany says is neutral compared to her mom, who will say anything to get her to leave Ronald. Tiffany tells her sister Laura about their sexy time with lingerie over video chat for their anniversary. Tiffany tells her sister she is keeping something from Ronald. Tiffany says that if Ronald gets denied the visa, she's just not going to go to South Africa. She already anticipates that it will be a shit show once she tells him. She refuses to give up Daniel's safety for Ronald. Tiffany is scared that Ronald will relapse if she tells him prematurely, and she doesn't want to uh, be blamed for that. Tiffany tells us that Ronald almost relapsed last year when he went to a casino and gambled. It was unexpected, but she is worried that he could relapse when something legitimate happens. So she's just going to walk on eggshells. Tiffany wonders how long they can actually be apart like this. She also worries about what a split custody would look like. She's hoping that the visa will go through so she doesn't have to think about these difficult conversations. All right. So it was interesting to see... From the last season when Daniel was like so excited to be in South Africa, mm -hmm. it didn't really seem like he was too bothered like through the season that they were there. Right. I mean, other than he was, you know, the usual homesick. But he seems very adamant to the point where he would leave the family yeah. if they try to make him go. Do you think that he's somewhat been influenced by things that maybe he's overheard um, you know, Tiffany saying about South Africa. Oh, probably. Yeah, I, I, I think because she, she definitely, when she was talking to her sister, talked about how dangerous it is and crime, crime, crime. And it's, you know, dangerous mm -hmm. here, which, by the way, she's in Frederick. Frederick is not dangerous. But, yeah. like, crime, 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 crime. It's terrible. I have fear for my family's safety. He's, he's heard all that. He's absolutely heard all yeah. that. Because they do a horrible job shielding him from all the stuff that's going that's going on between they them do. and she treats him like a little adult definitely yeah and so they tell him way more than he needs to know and i cannot express to you how fucking pissed i was at ronald when he was mm -hmm. like oh you should talk to your Trying mom to manipulate. about fuck you that is yeah. oh that yeah. just as, as a dad to bring yeah. your kids into it like that that is like rule number goddamn one because yeah. you don't pit the don't kids, use your kids against each other. Don't mm -hmm. use your kids as weapons against each other. That's just yeah. horrible. Like, And so, yeah. you moved way down on my list for the, <laughs> for the <laughs> rankings coming up. Yeah, I know, right? But I think he has a point in that if Tiffany thought Daniel wanted that. But what I think Ronald didn't anticipate is that Daniel, Daniel has already that. formed opinion. Yeah, mm -hmm. he wants he does not want that at all. I think it's pretty extreme for a kid to say he's going to leave the family. What does what does he think that looks like as a kid? I think it looks like y y mom and Carly can move down there. I'm going to stay here with grandma. Okay. Is what I think it looks mm -hmm. like. And I think grandma would keep him. Oh, too. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would do that? Legally, if a kid like refuses to move, could they do that? So I don't think they have a choice, right? Yeah, there, there's all kinds of I don't know if you do weird things about legal emancipation and stuff like that, especially if the grandma is it's there and like fighting on the side. It's like, well, it would be yes, he's he's young for for that, but I, I don't know if there's some sort of intervention or something the grandma can do. 
um, in terms of yeah, that. Yeah, because I was going to say, Grandma would definitely have to be on board to kind of fight yeah. the fight so like, I, legally because she's of age. no idea any of the legal things that go into yeah. stopping somebody from moving with a kid. Like, and, yeah. you know, that that one I, I, I am thankful for, but ugh, it, they just, this kid, this kid's taking too much. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with Tiffany in the sense that you might as well not have these conversations until you have an answer because yes. the speculation could just make it yeah, worse. Yeah, because who knows? Maybe he will get his visa approved mm-hmm. and then you, you've you had all these arguments and what ifs and maybe things that you can't take back. Like you can't take the you can't take back the fact that you would say, well, sorry, if it doesn't get approved, we're getting divorced. Right. Right. You can't take that back. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that one's already, yeah, that's, that, that can't unring that bell. But like, okay. So here's right. the thing that I was worried because she seemed very concerned about him relapsing. Yes. I feel like if that's your concern, then basically telling him, telling a gambling addict, you need to come up with a lot of money really fast if you want to see yeah. your family. It's probably not the best way to stop from a relapse. That's a very good point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this was a th- – yeah, I feel like there was a similar situation that you had brought up the exact same point where she was saying something about money in their previous season. Uh-huh. And we, and you had kind of thought the same thing. Like, let's not try make the gambling addict come up with large sums of money at, like, random times. Yeah. Like, that, that seems like that's what's going to happen. Like, I, I feel that's like I That's how you I lose know, a refrigerator. I know how he's going to – yeah. Is that, was that what he did? Did he steal a refrigerator? What he, yeah, he like strapped the refrigerator to the back of the car and sold it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I just like I like the idea that there's people out there too, and like, yeah, I'll take that car fridge. I'll take it. Like, I, that just seems like I don't even know how you'd start to fence a fridge. Like, is there something? Like, yeah, I'll take that one. The one. I'll take the refrigerator That's and strap crazy. it in the back of your car. I thought that. Well, I'm sure the refrigerator is smaller because I don't think. Uh, no, I, no, in my head, it's a full size fridge. You're not. You're not changing my mind. Yeah, no, 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 but I mean, like, other countries have smaller refrigerators. Like, no one, not a lot of countries have as monster refrigerators like we People do. People always come and be like, I want to see your giant American refrigerator. Like, show it to yeah, me. Yeah, your giant American appliances <laughs> just in general, yes. right? Um, so, yeah, I think it's a little bit smaller. But also, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to lay a refrigerator flat. No, you're not. You're not. It, it, messes, with the, it messes with the flow of the things through the tubes. And stuff, right? The, right. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Apparently, they're still having FaceTime sexy time, so that's a positive yeah. development, I guess. Don't, don't right. um, I guess. I guess so. Like we were just talking about this earlier about how uh, sex can be used as kind of like a uh, indicator of uh, the general relationship health. Yeah, it, it not uh, not always a very good one either. Like it's definitely no, something that no. is generally a good one, but it's like it's like relying on just taking a temperature and be like, "Are you sick? You don't have a fever. You can't be sick." It's like, okay, well, yeah, that's one sign. But it was like, I don't know. It just always weirds me out how some of them just show is so, I'm going to say gross. We get all this super personal stuff. But when they go, oh, mm-hmm. we had some whoo, fun adult time. He, 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 he. Like, like, yeah. What? Yeah. Like how they say like, uh, oh, we were intimate. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yes. We were, we were finally <laughs> intimate last night. That's right. <laughs> It's like, yeah, right? it's like, okay, that's one way to say it. All right. So, <laughs> all right, let's go to, um, let's go to my last couple. That's uh, Kalani Nisuelu. Uh, 
So we finally get a first appearance of Kalani's dad, Lo, um, this season at least, who immediately scares one of the kids into falling down. So Lo wants to go to <laughs> – he just comes in. He's a big dude with a beard, with a braided beard. Just, the kid just fell down as soon as he saw him. Ah! Anyway, Lo wants to go to coffee with Kalani. And it's funny because they had this like little back and forth that was like, we'll take your car since mine is filthy. And Kalani is like, your car's never dirty. But it was obviously because Kalani's car had cameras in it. Anyway, she says that this is a big change. Before, if they went out just the two of them, they would go shooting. But now he's getting soft in his old age and opting for a cafe. He thought that things were going okay between in the marriage between her and Asuelu. But now he's heard things really aren't that good and divorce is on the table. Once they get served at the cafe, he goes – he gets down to business and asks if she's really thinking about divorce. He stresses that she should really think hard about this, about and especially specifically about staying together for the kids. Because he wouldn't have, really have an issue with it. If it weren't for the boys, even though there's the cultural Samoan taboo that we've been hearing so much about, he thinks that divorce should be their last option. And she can't be at the last option yet since they've only been together for like two years. So you couldn't have gone through all the options. He thinks that divorce is just for people to give up. Lo thinks that his is getting better and it took him a long time to figure out uh, to figure these kind of things out. So maybe she should get just give him give us more time. And, in, you know, he thinks that she's just giving up too easily. But then we have another scene where it's Asuelu's turn for some time with Lo. And they're going to play a round of golf, which they've done apparently seven times before. Asuelu hopes that Lo is just looking for some competition and not to have a tough conversation. Anyway, Asuelu has never played, never played golf before Samoa, and it really shows. Eventually, Lo asks how he and Kalani are doing and tells Asuelu that Kalani is seriously thinking about divorce. Asuelu says this is a complete shock to him, and he didn't think Kalani was all that serious about the situation. Lo emphasizes that they need to communicate and work on things here, and it seems that Esuelu understands that the series might be might be a little the situation might be a little more serious than he thought. Lo is sympathetic to Esuelu because he went through a lot of the same type of issues when he first came over here and got married, and it took him a long time, really long time to get the whole happy wife, happy life thing. Okay, so hmm, do you think that Esuelu? Uh, easy question. Should Asuelu have been so surprised that Kalani was serious about this? Um, okay. Knowing what we know about Asuelu, it doesn't surprise me that he wasn't surprised. But, yeah. you know, it's like one of those things where she keeps on telling you this. It's on you that you don't believe her. Yes. It, 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 she. We've heard her say multiple times, I keep telling him this is serious and we might get divorced. And he keeps not believing me. Right, right. So it's totally on him. But I think I I mean, we can't relate because we didn't really grow up in, uh, you know, culturally where no one gets a divorce. Right. right. And I wouldn't say like where I grew up, it was so common, but it was common enough where it sure. wasn't like completely unheard of. Right, right, right. So, you know, but it it would be an interesting mindset to come from. You know, a community where like literally you never knew a divorced person. So I could kind of see how if someone kept on threatening divorce, you're like, no, all these other couples, they're way worse off than we are. They never got divorced. So we're not that bad. I guess I'm surprised. I feel like, well, I guess they had the immigration issues because I feel like you came from a culture like that. And you're like, once I marry this person, that's it. I'm stuck with it forever. Mm -hmm. I feel like you would be a lot more hesitant to get married to somebody, you know, just being like, no, this is. It forever, like definitely not a chance. You'd be like, maybe we shouldn't just 
get married within a year of knowing each other. That might be a bad idea. But I don't think she's, uh, you know, feeling that. So, and I mean, and I think the... Uh, Asuelu was thinking, oh, I got, I have babies now. Like, I should be a family man. It's my duty, you know, and I could see him feeling like it was an obligation, you know, for the role that he should play. Right, but he also had a different interpretation of what was going to be expected to him from him, from his marriage, right? He was just like, yeah, I have babies and so I got married and I'm done now. Like, but that was my job, like, was to get married and now I can go play volleyball and whatever the woman takes right. care of everything. So it's very much like a man child. Yeah. So he was like, but that was, that was all I had to do. Right. I didn't have to like contribute or do anything. Although I, I, I got to imagine it, even in any culture, like if you, it, most of the cultures where they say, and I can't speak specifically to Samoan culture where it says, Oh no, the woman takes care of the babies and they do. And they do. It's expected that the dad provide. Right. Yeah, right? It, yeah, exactly. There's roles to be played. And I feel like Asuelu is playing none of the – he's playing the role of a child. Yes. He's playing the role of a third child. Absolutely. Yeah. Which showed so, on the yeah, golf course. That's definitely a problem. He plays golf <laughs> like a small child. Like he was like, oh, goodness. what are you doing with that? Why are you smacking the putter so hard, man? Just chill, chill. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, Last up we have is Jovi and Yara. So Jovi and Yara are going on a date night. So Yara is allowing Jovi's mom, Gwen, to babysit. Jovi wants to hold Mila before they leave, but uh, Yara blocks him. Gwen isn't sure if Yara is protective because she's Ukrainian or just a new mom. Yara points out that Gwen hasn't raised kids in 30 years and, you know, a lot has changed since then. But Gwen says not that much. Jovi and Yara go out to dinner, and Yara says that Jovi's perfect. Jovi asks if he's going to get lucky tonight, and Yara Yara says, doctor's orders say no. Jovi tells us the last time they had sex was the night before Milo was born, and it wasn't that great considering they had a huge baby bump between them. They say that it's the first nice date that they've had since they've got married, since Jovi was stuck at work for four months and he had left a couple days after the wedding. Jovi tells us that he would buy Yara expensive shoes and handbags when she called him crying, but then Jovi would get frustrated to find Yara crying shortly after said gifts, and he throws his hands up in the air saying, what a waste of money. Jovi breaks the bad news that he's expected to leave earlier than schedule, and he's actually leaving in a few days. Yara immediately starts crying and says she's not ready. Yara is worried that Jovi will miss out on too many firsts with Mila. Yara wonders how he thought this was all going to work. Jovi says he always finds a way, and he asks her to be patient. Jovi says Yara can live with his mom if she feels unsafe, but Yara doesn't want that. Jovi hopes that by the time he gets back, travel bans will be lifted and Yara can see her family again. All right, so it's definitely implied that Yara is not happy with, you know, the arrangement of his job. Do you Mm -hmm. think Jovi should be looking for a new job at this point? Um, I... I Yes, he should. Um, but I don't know that he's not. I feel like he's like, I just wanted to get through this one more this one more set and then I'll look for a new job. Mm-hmm. Like now, granted, he might continue that on for a long time. Oh no, we'll just the next one. We'll just do just one more. Just right. one more, just one more set. Just just one more go. Right? Because I feel like and I I'm sure the way the job works, it's not like a salary job. He gets this he goes and works and he gets a dump of money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like contract work, sure. Right. And so it's like, well, up with this new dump of money I have, I, we, I can, you know, that's a cushion I can take to, to go look for the new job, and especially the way he says it's it's set. It was just like, I, I don't know, I, I, I was 
a little disappointed with Yara because she was like, well, what what was your plan when you brought me over here? And he's like, well, my, and he never said it, but it was like the plan wasn't to have a baby while we were doing this. Yeah. And that seems like it's the biggest like impediment right now is that there's this child that needs to get taken care of and by well, one person. Yeah. That and travel bans because and travel bans because she could she could yeah, go back to Ukraine. She would just go yeah. home. Yeah, when he yeah, was and out. I could see that. Right. right. So I feel like there was it, 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 he could have had a deep, reasonable plan, but like you know, events stopped it and kind of and, and blew up on it. And he's like, and he and granted, yeah, because it doesn't change anything for him. Right? Yes. And on his side of the plan, the plan it, it, it looks and feels exactly well. Yes and no because. The whole reason he has to leave early is so he can quarantine before he goes, right? That was right. never part of the plan. So now his, his trips are twice be as so long. Boring. Oh, yeah. I read about quarantine hotels and it just sounds awful. Like because I was thinking about going to the Philippines because they started to, uh, you know, lift their restrictions, but it requires a two week quarantine hotel. And I was like, well, what does that mean exactly? It literally means that you don't get a key to the room. And so you pretty much can't leave. We saw um, Amira Mm -hmm. doing that with Andrew and Amira. Yeah. And uh, they also give you 30 minutes a day where they kind of let you out and walk around. And I'm just like, that sounds literally prison. Everything about that sounds awful. That's exactly what they do in prison. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, here's your 30 minutes in the prison yard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I know that, like, I had people... Because I don't know, hey, there's a whole thing where somebody was going to do that and go to Hawaii, but it was like they wanted to drop their kid off at Hawaii. It's a whole, you know, custody thing. Yeah. But they were like, I can't fly. She can't go visit her dad because if I go to Hawaii, I have to stay for two weeks. Right. In this quarantine hotel, like just to drop her off. And it's like, you know, because I have to stay with her for two weeks in the quarantine hotel. Because you can't just drop off the kid. It was like, it was crazy. But that's that's so crazy. It's gotten better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, and that's what I'm kind of waiting for the Philippines is like now that I mean, I feel like it it starts off being, you know, the two week quarantine hotel. And then eventually it's like, well, if you get a negative PCR test or right. maybe if you have show proof of vaccination, you can waive this or something. Yeah. I'm waiting for the exceptions. Yes. I mean, they, they, they I mean, the. The Philippines needs the money. I mean, they, they, you, the, wherever there is, there's got to be a drive there to be like, listen, we need these Americans here spending their money. Yeah. Yeah. Things are bad, though, because I was going to say the Philippines, they pretty much said no one from India. Oh, I believe that. We don't India. care what your situation is. Yeah. We don't care if you quarantine. Well, no and, one and from a lot India. Of places, and a lot of places did that to Americans, too. But we just didn't. Yes. We were all, I, was, I wasn't paying attention to it. Right? No one's trying to go there. Trying yeah, to go exactly. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was like, oh geez, I don't know, but like I don't know, I do, I, I do feel for her, but like, I don't know, she's got to give Gwen a little bit more credit. <laughs> yeah, like thirty years ago, a kid is a kid. Like, what do you? Yeah, <laughs> it's not like kids come out new technology, <laughs> yes. new features. Oh it's no, still I, don't, I only know how. To, I, don't, I don't know how to drive a stick shift, kid. I can't do it with this automatic, <laughs> kid. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> Never had a kid with uh, this feature before. Yeah. It's like, mm. <laughs> especially All when right. they're that young. It's like there's not really much they do. They just sit there. Yeah, they they're crying? like in meatloaf mode yeah. at that point. It's like they're, they're they're crying. That means they're either like cold, have gas, you know, or, or need a diaper change, or, or hungry. That's it. That's it. That's yeah. all you got. That's like four <laughs> things to check on. Like <laughs> it's it's hard because it's a constant. It's constant, right? It's all the time, which is why it's so hard to have an infant. But like 
figuring out what to do is not incredibly difficult. It's just like right, just has to be done all the time. That's what's exhausting. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we still have not heard from Cheese Dick and Melissa. I like how he. I like how you're disliking this guy more and more, despite the fact that he hasn't shown up. You're like, it was like, uh, it's like, oh, you know, Tim or Cheese Dick or like Cheese Dick or like Dickwad. And it's just getting worse every time. You turn. <laughs> the names keep on evolving every week. <laughs> yeah, he did start off being Cheese Dick. It's like the uh, it's like the Fuddruckers in Idiocracy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. That's what's happening. Well, you know, he needs to come back for his uh, yeah to, he, uh, rehabilitation yep. image tour. Yeah, you know? yeah, his his redemption tour. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how about this week's student of the week? Jeez, oh, it was tough. it was tough. Everybody was so kind of a tough. dick. So everyone was terrible or just neutral. Neutral. Bad. No, there was no there was nobody who was like I liked what they did. It was like. Yeah, uh, and I, so I went with Libby. I think, feel like she was the most neutral of, of oh, everybody. See, I just she was in contention for dunce for me, and the reason why I say that is because she is enabling the shit out of Andre. It's like yeah, stop that. But I mean, you know, the whole time she's like, "Oh, Becky talked to you like that. Boy, I can't believe she would do that. That is, uh, but, I will not have anyone disrespecting okay, my husband." That, this is a this is a change of things because usually she's like, she usually there's an argument and her family's her dicks, and she's like, "Well, I don't know. She seemed it wasn't that bad." And like the only thing she did, like I feel like she was just in. I will be support supportive wife mode. I'm going into supportive okay. wife mode. You're you're right. That is that is terrible, Andre. I can't believe that. Holy shit, that is amazing. You are totally <laughs> right. Like, so I, I think I don't even know that she believed what she was saying so much as she was just saying I'm supporting wife mode. Um, and the, the yeah. one thing she did was like the part where they were like, "Is there anything in your past?" And she was like, "Is there?" Mm-hmm. Like in front of a lawyer. It's like, okay, maybe not that. But like I said, everybody else was pretty bad. So I'm curious as to who you yeah. picked then. Everyone was pretty bad. Um, I'm going to give it to Low. Like, there were things with Low, like I didn't super agree with personally. And we'll kind of mm-hmm. get to that when we talk about our life lesson. Uh, but at the same time, I think he really is trying to help the situation by being a father figure to Asuelu. And I think sure. he just needs that right now. Sure, sure. Well, Because like we mentioned, he's, he's a man child. And he needs and, it. And, and, and he, he, especially doing that after Kalani talked about it when she was like, Asuelu feels like there's nobody who's ever on his side. Right? Yeah. That's part of the problem. It's like he gets all mm-hmm. bent out of shape because he feels like nobody, everybody's ganging up on him and nobody's inside. To kind of go over there and be like. Right. Yeah. I just didn't like the whole. I think you probably would talk about the whole divorce yeah. is giving up thing. That one. That one. Yes. As a divorced yes. person, <laughs> that one kind of hit me wrong. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm gonna b- mark that up to the fact that you know he's also coming from Samoa, where he right. probably didn't grow up with you know people getting divorced, and so yeah, I don't agree. But at the same time, in the end, he's really just trying to make everyone happy, mm-hmm. you know, and he's mm-hmm. trying to well, and the be thing is, the is mentor. Like, clearly, his bet, his 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 heart, the way he's thinking about it is looking out for the kids. Like he honestly yes. thinks it's be- it's the best thing for the kids for them to stay together. Right, and that's right. what that's what's driving what it is. Yeah. So that brings me to my dunce, the person who didn't seem to have what's best for the kids in their heart, and that's Ronald. Oh God, yes. I could tell that really rubbed you the wrong oh, way. so much. 
Yeah. Yeah. Trying to use Daniel as a pawn. Yep. 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 So, I mean, that that's that's it. That, that, one, that one thing was enough for me. I was like, I, I, that just really, yeah. really, really made me mad. And so, that was enough. Yeah. I didn't need to see anybody, anything else. I called it. Right? But like, as soon as he did, I was like, <laughs> that's my dunce. I got it. I don't need, I'm going to write that down right now. Like, nobody's going to be yeah. worse than that. My dunce is Julia because she was just terrible this whole time. She's super negative energy, suspicious of everything that like didn't need to be suspicious of. Why you bring me like, to she's see just beer? Ridiculous. Why you bring me beer? Does she like beer? She likes beer. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> Crazy. So yeah, not about that. Yeah. All right. What about your life lesson? All right. So my last lesson goes to Brandon and Asuela. Asuela's a little more obvious in this one like take things seriously like when people are talking to you they're not joking all the time like people say serious things and like like and because i feel like obviously swaylu because the whole kalani has said to him multiple times we might get divorced and he's just been like man you're just in there because i'm not let's throw mike in that then mike too too. yeah yeah but brandon brandon in this one we've seen it do him other he's had worse instances in this worst at it um Mm -hmm. but in this time, it's like Melanie was like saying some serious shit to your wife, like about like her yeah. being oh, just taking advantage of you and going. And he's just like, well, no, it's just it's just small talk. <laughs> you know, why are you mad? <laughs> like, you just uh, joke. Yeah. yeah. So all three. I mean, you, life requires that you take things seriously when other people are taking things seriously. Yeah. Read the room, people. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, my life lesson has to do with how low kind of handled everything. I think there is a very, very fine, delicate balance of making the decision between really working on your marriage and deciding, you know, like this is going to be it Mm -hmm. and realizing that this is irreparable and to leave the situation. And I think it really comes down to you have to decide, like make a list of things that you are okay with. I mean, they're not things that you want, but you're okay with and things that are deal breakers, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think every, I don't think it's fair to have everything in the deal breaker side, but if things like, you know, cause even the things that Kalani complains about, I mean, she could probably categorize them. Some of them she probably just doesn't want to deal with. And then there are some things that are serious issues that, right, right. you know. Well, and it's also the cost. You have to consider the cost of dealing with it, right? Like, and yeah. Because like, I feel like what happens is when you keep trying to repair things that are irreparable, that's when you get the tremendous amount of resentment, right? And that's when you get the, 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 the nastiness that comes into it is like, of that it's like it's one thing it's like i could deal with this but it was like but would i resent the person forever for making me deal with this even though i could put up with it and then it, it just yeah. ends up worse in the long run yeah definitely agreed yeah it's tough i get that it's without even having to go through it i get that it's a tough decision I think the people that are the two extremes, like there's, it's some, the answer is somewhere in the middle. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The answer is not, not th- there's nothing. Always there's nothing. marriage or always divorce. Sure. Yeah, there's, it, it's not yeah. yet. It's definitely not in, oh, if I felt bad a little bit at any point, we should just be done and call it off. But it's also not right. under no circumstances. Is there anything that we should sure. ever make, ever make divorce? Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Definitely in the middle. 
Okay, so uh, that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, we have a new episode. And then we just got uh, dates released for Love After Lockup. Ooh. So Love After Lockup starts june 18th and i was reading completely new couple i saw that 100 percent new cast i'm so excited yes so i'm kind of excited about nothing that nothing i love more in these shows than fresh fresh faces that's what, yes. that's what they need I just, especially fresh especially when we have this one that's um all all retread couples in hea that's been dragging yeah. along I want new people New new craziness. New That's train wrecks. Yes. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that's something to look forward to. So until then, we'll see you all next week. That's right. All right. Okay. okay bye. Bye.